Hey guys, GBC podcast number 68. I'm Courtney Wise. I'm Shane Blankenship. All right, so before we get into business, I do want to say this might be the last podcast for a couple of weeks due to travel in summer. Woohoo! It's here. Okay, he's not nearly <laughs> as excited as I am. Shane's going to be really sad that we're yeah. taking a break of this podcast. All right, so we were talking um, earlier about choices and how there are consequences. And mm-hmm. although I know every single adult that is listening knows that, I think sometimes you think what you do may not be as big of a deal as it actually is. And you had a really good example about David. Yeah, um, and before we get into David, I also think about like, and I'm sure a lot of you who listen um, have children or have uh, raised children at some point, or maybe you're thinking about raising children. Um, Cause I see it all the time in that as well. Like you say something simple, like don't do this. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I can't tell you how many times with both, um, you know, I'm going to exclude Patton out of the, out of the, yeah. the, the number. Cause he won't listen sometimes too. Um, but he's, he's just two. So he's just not getting to where, I think he can follow things and understand things, you know, mm-hmm. um, and want to try. But when it comes to Bailey and Marshall, so Bailey's three and uh, Marshall's getting ready to turn seven here just in a couple weeks, a week, um, he'll be seven. Um, both of those, even the three-year-old, like they know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Sissy will do some things, Bailey, we'll call her Sissy. Sissy will do some things just defiantly. Like you say, don't do that or put it down. And then she'll cut eyes at you and do it anyways. I'm like, you little punk. Well, and all, like not, <laughs> this isn't a parenting podcast, but do you ever feel like you have to say the opposite of what you want your kids to do at that age so that they'll actually so do they'll them? Do it, yeah. Like, hey, don't clean up your, bl- you better not clean up your toys. Mommy's going to be so mad. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm going to do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. totally know exactly what you mean. Um, so I, so I feel like, you know, it's um, it's a real thing. Um, yeah. It's certainly a real thing. And with Marshall, it's like, dude, I just asked you to stop doing something. Could yeah. you not stop doing that? Um, and, I, you know, he's not thinking about big picture. and He really doesn't care why I've asked him to stop. It's just he wanted to do what he wanted to do. Totally. Now you've told him not to do it. And he doesn't care. Like, he's, he's going to continue to do what he wants to do. And it's like um, knee jerk. You know, it's like yeah. I don't think he's thought through the consequences of whatever it is that you're asking him, he's just like, uh-uh. Like, no, it's just a natural thing just to do what you want to do. I, I mean, even, you know, my oldest is 11. She'll be 12. And even this morning, my husband gets really upset when the kids eat in the car. I mean, I roll, right? Because that's all kids want to do is eat in the mm-hmm. car. But this morning she had like food in her hand and it was like something crumbly. And I said like, hey, can you stand outside my car <laughs> and eat that? Because it was like two bites left, you yeah. know? And she was like, uh-huh. And she gets in, takes a bite, and sure enough, it goes all over the seat. And so, so same thing. Yeah. She she said, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. But just either wasn't listening, because I guess we sound like wah, 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 right. wah. Or it's just the knee-jerk, haven't thought through the consequences thing. Yeah, didn't care. And even with, with Marshall, like... Um, I had a day, a couple of days where I did a whole lot of yelling. I, I, I did. Some, you did? I did. I did a lot of yelling and um, and even felt bad about it. Um, I, I said something to him. I'm like, okay, it's not a podcast. But afterwards I said, because um, it wouldn't be appropriate. But I was like, buddy, I'm sorry. I, I, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have. Um, well, I, you can know, you just have... be human for us? What did you say? Oh, I called him a dumbass. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if I, I should say that or not. But that's what I did. Um, and then I was like, hopefully that doesn't give us an explicit, explicit rating here. Um, did you repent? We need to know. I did. I said, so I said, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have said that, but you were doing something stupid. Um, and that was daddy's reaction. And so I apologize That's to him for, for calling him that. Um, cause like it was, it was one of those times where it's like, it was like the sixth time, um, um, of saying, stop, stop, yeah. stop, stop, stop. And then. 
uh, it caused a huge mess, and um, and so, anyways, it just came out. Hysterical. Yeah, what was in me came out. Yeah. And um, so I apologize. It was like you know you're not, and I love you, and and all that. But it was it wasn't okay uh, yeah. that you did this, and but I I didn't react. It, my my reaction was not okay either. Mm-hmm. So anyways, so so the next day I was like I, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> and I told him, I was like, dude, I ain't going to, I'm not going to yell today. Yeah. I'm not going to yell at the you. The yelling chain I don't, is I don't, gone. I don't like how I feel when I do that. Yeah. I know you don't like how you feel um, or how that makes you feel. I said, so I'm just not going to do it. So here's, here's heads up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you one time to do things. And after that, I'm just going to start taking things. Yeah. That's the consequence. Okay. So, you know, if I, you know, hey, get up, get your clothes on, brush your teeth. If I have to come and tell you that one more time, then you're going to lose the Nintendo. You're going to lose the iPad. You're going to lose. I said, I'm just going to start taking things. Okay. And it's good for maybe 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it's, it goes down to, hey, stop throwing the ball in the house. Seconds later, maybe, you know, maybe not even a minute later, throwing the ball in the house again. I just told you stop throwing the ball in the house or don't throw the ball in the house. And now you threw the ball in the house. So now you just lost your iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's ball. those little things. Yeah. But I was like, but I'm not going to yell. I'm just, I just want to give you a heads up. Even though he knew the consequences were coming, he still chose to do it anyways. Yeah. And then he gets upset when you take something away. Like whatever the consequence is, he's going to get upset. Uh, yeah. But I'm like, but that, but you, cho- you pretty much chose it. You chose for to get the ball taken away or the <laughs> right. Nintendo or whatever it was, like, because you disobeyed. And yep, that's absolutely. what I tell him. Like, I didn't choose this. I told you what the deal was. Or mm-hmm. sometimes I'll say, let's work out a deal. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think a mom should do if you keep playing with the ball in the house or whatever? And they say take the ball away or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, but you just chose that. Mm-hmm. Like, you just chose that. So I understand. But I'm like, you're not allowed to get upset about something when you have chosen what happens when you don't do what I ask you to do. Yeah. Again, this isn't a parenting podcast. We're trying to figure it out together. But it is really hard. <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, and so to segue that to the text, if we will, yeah. um, and a story about David, because, I mean, that's that's it. Like, um, in Second Samuel chapter 24, um, it picks up, and David um, has been instructed by God not to count the fighting men. So this is such a simple little thing, right? right. Don't don't count your fighting men. And the reason is God is essentially saying, I will fight for you. Like, it, you don't have to worry about how many men you've got in your army. You don't have to worry about how big your army is. You don't have to worry about your equipment. You don't have to worry about any. I'm going to fight battles for you right now. All you got to do is trust me on this, so don't count your fighting men. It's like putting your face to the test kind of thing, like... Yeah, just tr- trust me in this yeah. kind of a thing, which must have been a heck of a thing if, as a king, right? I mean, you're you're leading an entire nation of people, and you've got national enemies and all this kind of stuff. But God says, "No, trust me on this. Don't don't you don't worry about how big your army is." And then something happens, and David's like, "All right, let's count the fighting men." And Joab, and Joab's a little punk himself. He's, um, you, you know, he's <laughs> he he is by no means um, a faithful, totally clean, innocent kind of a guy. Like he ends up being a um, slithery, a, a, kind of a bad guy in the end. Yeah. Um, but even Joab says, "Hey, boss, you are you sure you want to do this?" Like God said not to. Even the commanders of the army are going, um, "Hey, King." Um, we hear your command. However, the Lord said not to do this. We probably shouldn't do it. And um, the scripture says that, that the word of the king overruled the word of Joab and the commanders of the army. So he said, yes, go count the men. Yeah, I, I don't care what you say. Yeah. Go count them. I don't, you've told me the consequences. 
or whatever. I'm going to throw the ball in the house. Up, but yeah, I'm throwing <laughs> the ball in the house anyways. I don't care. Um, and so they move out smartly and they count the fighting men. Um, and right after they do it and come back with the number, God sent the prophet to David and says, hey, you messed up, big boy. Like, you, mm-hmm. you, you, you did what God said not to do. Um, God's not happy about it, and there's consequences. Here are the three consequences. Number one, three years of famine. Number two, you're going to go on the run, David, from your enemies for three months. And number three, three days of plague. Now, for what it's worth, and I know we're all smart people, we can figure this out, but for what it's worth, there's only one of those three consequences where people don't die. Right. And that's the one where David has to go on the run, right, from his enemies. Yeah, like this one costs a little bit more of David than the rest, yes? That's right, yeah. So it costs him three months of his time. I mean, it's probably going to cost him his, you know, his, uh, his, 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 his sanity, his well-being for a short period of time. And, and, and don't forget, like, David knows what it's like to be on the run. Mm-hmm. David spends decades, if you will, on the run from Saul, who's trying to kill him, mm-hmm. you know, the, the previous king. So he knows what it's like to be on the run from his enemies. And David got in some very dangerous, life-threatening situations at times yeah. being on the run. So, you know, maybe all sure that's coming to his mind PTSD. or whatever. But um, So basically, God says, one of these three things are going to happen. And, oh, by the way, David, you get to pick. Pick your consequence. Which one do you want to go with? And again, there's only one consequence that nobody dies. Famine, people are going to die. Plague, people are going to die. They're going to die fast, even in three days. Mm-hmm. So um, so David's response to God is, you know, he's crying out, you know, um, forgive me. He's all remorseful. But his plea is, please don't let me fall into the hands of my enemies. And he's got almost like a PTSD with this. Yeah. Um, please don't let me fall into the hands of my enemies. So he doesn't really pick any except for he's like, I don't want to pick number two. I don't want to be on the run. Because maybe in David's mind, it's like, that's my end. But that's not what God said. He just said, you're going to be on the run from your enemies. Long story short, God um, hands him over and um, gives him the three days of the plague. Um, so he doesn't have to go on the run from his enemies, but three days. So when the plague stops, and I should have turned and, and spun myself up on this before we started the podcast, but... I can't remember how many people die, but it's something it's like, you know, it's tens of thousands, maybe maybe 100,000, maybe more than 100,000 people die in this plague. Um, but a lot of people are losing their life and they are, uh, um, they're dying. And um, as it's happening, David realizes what he's done. Um, and now he's not only remorseful, he becomes repentant. And he realizes, man, I've, I've, I've got to do something about this. And so um, he approaches a guy who, whose name is Aranah, who's threshing wheat um, at the time. And David um, comes up to him and asks to buy his threshing floor and the supplies from him that he needs to be able to offer a sacrifice and make the plague stop. And Aranah, you know, sees the king and, you know, you know has no idea the backstory of why the plague is even happening. But yeah. um, he says, you know, yes, David, of course. I mean, you're the king, and everybody loves David, right? Um, you can have whatever you want. Like, I'm not charging you for this stuff. Yeah. You, know, I'm a, you don't have to pay for it. You can just have it. He do, has no do, idea. Yeah, do what you need to do kind of a thing. Um, and David, at this point, you really see where the repentance is and the change. And David says, um, David says, no, I, I refuse to give a sacrifice that costs me nothing. Um, and so... He understands the consequence at this point, um, and he understands cost at this point, that there is a cost. Um, there's a cost to serve. There's a cost to, um, 
you know, our, our decisions, um, whether good or bad, like there's, there's always going to be a result, a consequence, if you will. Sometimes consequences are good, sometimes they're bad, but there's always, uh, there's always a cost to it. Well, so yeah, um, th- this particular consequence, a lot of people died, which mm-hmm. I just helped try to pull that up. Is it 70,000? Did I see? Uh, you can read it in a yeah. second, but I just find it kind of funny, which I guess I always feel sad for David because he makes these big blunders or mistakes and don't we all, you know, but he's also still the king and the, the king after God's own heart. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm like, it's like, how can you hold two things at the same time? Someone that makes such dumb decisions, right? But I'm like, God, I do the same thing. Yeah. But I'm also no, not known for Courtney, the heart of God person. So <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, so you're right. 70,000 people. Like that's, okay, that's a so lot. 70,000 people lost their lives. That's like almost our entire population of Bowling Green. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because of his decision. Um, well, selfish too, because he could have been on the run for three months and not really hurt anybody, right? That's yeah, for sure. No one would have gotten hurt, right? It would have hurt Maybe his ego, for certainly. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah. So I think from that perspective, for me, it's helpful. I hope it's helpful and encouraging because, like, I have moments where I fall short, and I just shared one with you, and I call my name, my kid, a name that I should have never said. Yeah. Um, but then I read about David, and I'm like, dang, he made a decision where seventy thousand people died. Yeah. Now I don't want to fall into a comparison trap because that can get get bad pretty quickly. Right. But it, but at the same time, it's encouraging that you know what? Sometimes we all fall short. Yes. Even as followers of Jesus, we fall short. We can still fall short. Uh, becoming a follower of Jesus does not make you perfect, and it does not rid your life of troubles or struggles or any of those things. And Jesus even talks about that. But I wonder if sometimes, as followers of God, um, we we don't we don't we get caught in the trap of trying to become perfect. Yes. Um, or trying to live up to some ideal. And there's nothing wrong with growing in faith. And matter of fact, as a, as a church, that's what we're focusing on uh, right now, what it looks like to grow in our faith and grow in our relationship with God and what that means in the day-to-day and what that means in service of the church. But anyways, um, we're going to grow and we're going to get better. We're going to be different and we're going to become more like Christ, but we're not going to become perfect. And if you try to make it about behavior, if you try to make it about trying to to reach some kind of ideal, you're going to find yourself falling short because it's impossible. You're not going to make it. Like we will never be without sin, although God is perfecting us and making us more like him, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. We're still going to fall short. Well, I, I wrote down um, that it's not linear. You know, Shane and I both do CrossFit. We both coach at CrossFit. Mm -hmm. And I have used that line two million times. Yeah. I'm like, look, like a strength progression. You know, you you might have a bad day where you could normally hit 200 pounds on your back squat or for you men, it's 400. You know, you might, you might have a day where you can't even hit 350. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And so I always say like, it's, it's not linear. Sometimes it's two steps forward, two steps back. Well, same thing in following Jesus, but I don't ever think like in my walk with Jesus that I'm just trying to get better and better to get into heaven. And I think that's a really big mind, mind flip to think, it's more about like just becoming more and more obsessed with God, you know, mm-hmm. more and more just um, in relationship with him than it is for me to, or you, or, you know, plural, yeah. to do good things to get into heaven or act a certain way to get into heaven. Yeah. It's, it's a completely different way Abs- of thinking about it. Absolutely. I mean, Paul talks about this um, extensively in Romans. Um, and it's something that 
I feel like we know as pretty elementary as followers of Jesus, but then somehow we still get stuck in the trap. And, and, and it's what you just said. So Paul talks about, well, it's by grace that you've been saved through faith, not by your works. Um, but, but yet we put so much emphasis on the works. Um, and, and Paul's talking to Jews, Jewish believers who feel like that somehow they, they, they have a, the upper hand or somehow they, they, they already um, have relationship with God or, or uh, placement with God or you know, uh, position with God because they're Jewish and because they're circumcised and because they follow the law. And Paul says, so yeah, so you, you have the law and you've been circumcised and you belong to this people group. Um, but you who live up to the law or trying to live your life up to the law, don't you break the law? And then he starts giving examples of laws that everybody's broken. Yeah. And he's like, so how don't do you, you use that as your standard? Yeah. Don't you lie. Don't you call people by, you know, bad <laughs> names. Don't you talk behind people's back? Like it's the same thing for us. Yeah, absolutely. Just, he's like, you, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to use a standard that you can't even hold up to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically Paul makes a point. He's like, so Jews and Gentiles both gain righteousness and acceptance and relationship with God the same way. It's through Jesus Christ. It's through relationship with him. It's through our faith in Jesus. That's that's where it's at. And then God begins to perfect our faith in us, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I, last night um, in men's Bible study, we were talking about this. Um, and we we're talking about it in the context of, of, of the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And I was just drawing a correlation to like, when, when we are saved and God gives us the Holy Spirit, God dwells within us, makes his home within us, that changes our life. And we are different men. We are different women. We are a new, new creature, a new creation. And so one of the ways that you can see it is with Peter. Um, Peter, you know, when Jesus was arrested and they crucified him, Peter went into hiding. Denied knowing Jesus three times, goes into hiding. He's scared of, of the, the religious leaders and the Pharisees, and probably rightly so. They knew what happened to Jesus. Some of them got to see, or Peter got to see part of it mm. uh, that happened. John saw it all because uh, he was at the cross, um, at least for some, some period of time, John was there. Um, so, th- you know, they saw this, they knew it happened, and, and they probably believed it was going to happen to them, which is why they're in hiding, right? So, Acts happens, and they're still, they're huddled up, they're gathered together, they're still in hiding. But Jesus had told them, wait, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And so that's what they're doing. They're not just hiding, but they're also waiting. When they receive the Holy Spirit, you see the change in them. The very people that Peter is hiding from, it, he is now out on the street, and as he preaches the gospel, he's calling them out. These people crucified Jesus. These people handed him over. These people are responsible for his death. Like he is boldly proclaiming it and it gets him into trouble. It gets him and John thrown into jail. It gets him beaten. Um, so it, it, but he's changed, but he is not perfect. And I think that's, this is the point that I'm trying to get to is that, yeah, he does have the Holy Spirit, but it, um, and it does change him in some ways, but in the same way, he, he is still growing. Um, and, the, and a good example of this is later on in the text, Paul, after Paul becomes a follower of Jesus, is doing some side-by-side work with Peter. And they are ministering to Gentiles, and Peter is eating with the Gentiles, which was forbidden if you're a Jew. You, know, you, don't, you, don't, you, don't, um, you don't associate with Gentiles. You certainly don't eat meals with them. Um, but you know, he's a Jewish follower of Jesus, and they're having this meal with Jesus, or they're having this meal with Gentiles, and then all of a sudden some of the, the brothers come up from Jerusalem, some of the apostles come up from, from Jerusalem. 
And when they do, Peter stops eating with the Gentiles. He's like, I got to go. He don't want to be seen eating with the Gentiles. Yeah. And Paul calls him out. And Paul even says, I called him out to his face. Like, I had to say, hey, what are you doing? Like, you you know, you were, you were doing this before, and it's perfectly okay. But when these people come, all of a sudden, now you're acting different. Now you're, now you're not willing to go and eat with them. And Paul's calling him out on mm-hmm. essentially his hypocrisy. But he's got the Holy Spirit. Like the same guy yeah. who was in the street, you know, years earlier, calling out the people that he was at once running from, is struggling, um, you know, in this area. So, I, anyways, that's encouraging to me. It is encouraging. And I'm glad it's included in the Bible. So many times, like, we talk about the Bible being a highlight reel. And it is. Like, yeah. it's a lot of, like, really big things that happened or whatever. But if you really look into it and have someone like you to explain it, you're like, yeah, like, I do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I I totally don't want to eat with the stinky people either. I mean, you know, something like that. Like, I don't I don't want to do that either. I don't want to put myself out there. And then you're like, I'm being just like was it was a Peter. Um, so I think that's really interesting. And you know, Paul himself called. I mean, he said, "I'm the biggest sinner." Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah. that's like my favorite thing that he least said of the because apostles. the least. Yeah. I'm like me too. Yeah. I'm the worst. Yeah. You know. No, for sure. Well, you said highlight real, and it made me think of something. Um, like you know, in 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 some respects. Um, if we can, if we can use this, probably disrespectful to even use this um, um, image. But in some respects, yeah, like the Gospels, the New Testament, um, especially the Gospels and Acts, like it is a highlight reel. It's like the Instagram um, yeah. stories, you know, all the great things. But it's not just the Instagram; it's also like the newspapers and the tabloids, um, because you got stuff in there that if you were just trying to show the highlights, you would, like why would you put that in there? I love reading the Gospel of Mark. And hearing the stories of Peter's failures in the Gospel of Mark. Mm-hmm. Because most scholars, pretty much all legitimate scholars, agree. John Mark got his information from Peter. And Peter put stuff in the story that he would have never put in there if he was just trying to make a story. Like, why would you put something in there that would make yourself look bad? But he does it because that's how it happened. And for Peter, it's not about him. It's about Jesus. I was going to say, and I feel like that's part of humility Mm -hmm. is like showing people your failures so that like you work through it together, but also you learn from them. You're like, listen, like I did this and it was really stupid, but this is what happened because of it. Yeah. I mean, it's all about humility, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, can you imagine, um, Peter, um, you know, telling John Mark what happened and Jesus said, I was denying three times and then I did. And it was with this servant slave slave girl, and she asked me, and I told her no. Um, And then she asked me again; she knew who I was, and I told told her no. And the third time she asked, I was cussing mad, and was like no, and you know, cursing, saying I don't know him. And then that rooster crowed twice, Um, and it hit me, you know. But he's telling the story; like he could have left that out. Yeah, (laughs) he could have left. They arrested arrested Jesus, and they tried him, and then all these things. He could have left all that out, but he didn't leave it out. He put it in there. Jesus said I was going to deny him, but I never did. He was wrong. You know, I mean, something like that, but it's not true. I mean, don't we wish we had video back then just to get like the Mm -hmm. 60 minutes interview of Peter. But then you see the grace in it too, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And that was one of the things that in in the gospel of Mark, um, as it's, as it's ending, you know, right before it ends, the the angel says, um, go and tell the disciples and be sure to tell Peter. Oh, just notably Peter. Like it's singled out. Like tell Peter too. Um, almost, you know, you see the grace or the mercy in it. To like include him, Peter's, yeah. Like Peter's hard on himself right now. Yeah. Peter's down about it. Peter knows what he's done. So make sure that he also knows, mm-hmm. hey, meet Jesus in Galilee. Yeah. Go to where Jesus said he was going to be. Don't, don't, you, you know, don't, uh, don't stay behind and don't beat yourself up too much. Go, go. 
Um, and that's ultimately where Jesus restores him. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I love that so much. That, that's a good way to wrap it up. And like I said, like, I, I think there's a lot of freedom and not feeling like I have to be perfect or you mm-hmm. have to be perfect. Um, and there, there's a lot of freedom knowing that like the end result isn't just to get into heaven. It's yeah. like the actual relationship that you have mm-hmm. and how obsessed you can get with all these stories and I don't know all the history. You got to find someone that's going to make it cool though, because there's just like, like I would, if I was reading, was it second Kings is where we are. Yeah. Like, I don't know that I would have gotten all of that out of, I mean, I've out read it a couple of times, but I'm like, <laughs> I just mainly always like level with King David. I'm like, he makes dumb decisions and he regrets them every time. Yeah. That's just what I feel about David. And, and can't we say that about ourselves? Yeah. But really going into it makes it a lot more fun you know, to talk about, I guess. So well, that's why we do this on yeah, this podcast. Real. Yeah. So, you know, if you like it, share it, send it to a friend. We appreciate you listening and we hope you, you know what, like I said in the beginning, it's going to be a couple weeks. So you'll just have to listen to the last 67 of them. That's right. Hang There's in a there lot. And we'll see you um, in a few weeks. Yeah. However long that is. Okay. <laughs> see you in July. Yeah. Bye guys. Bye.